You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today, we are continuing our offseason series, our rookie orientation, and it's going to be the seventh round pick for the Green Bay Packers linebacker Ty Summers from TCU. I misspoke last week when I said this is going to complete our series. It will not. Kadar Holman is a draft pick, and he does not have a rookie orientation yet. So we are uh, we are working on that. I I was uh, because I've been scheduling all of these and and trying to work backward, and uh, you know my brain is just all over the place sometimes with with trying to get all this. You know, it's is it Thursday? Is it Friday? Is it Monday? Is it two? I don't I don't know what day it is half the time. So. Uh, I do apologize for that, but we will get to that rookie orientation series. And I feel like maybe at some point we ought to go back and, you know, we missed Marquez Valdez Scantling last year as part of our rookie orientation series. And I, I regret that because he became such a big part of the, the offense last year. I think he's going to be a big part of the offense this year. So maybe maybe we have to take some time and, and maybe look back at his rookie season, and and should we have seen this coming a little bit more? I don't know. Let me know what you think. Uh, and if you want to do that, you can do that at the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. I also want to let you know the Lockdown NBA mock draft is underway. The local experts in every draft room, Jeremy Wu of SI.com with the player breakdown, and Josh Lloyd of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with the fantasy breakdown. All of it on Lockdown NBA. We are going to have Drew Davison from the Star-Telegram here a little bit later to talk about Ty Summers, but I want to open with a discussion about expectations, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, I think a lot of fans have seen the measurables and, and the athleticism that Ty Summers has, and they immediately go to, well, he should be playing over Blake Martinez. He should be starting. He should, he's going to win that job because he is more athletic. He you know he has all of these abilities that Blake Martinez doesn't. And to that, I want to say, can can we chill out a little bit? Ty Summers, in fact, profiles very similarly to Blake Martinez in terms of what they're good at. Ty Summers is a run first linebacker. He just happens to have the speed to profile as a pass-defending linebacker. He can do it in in limited ways, but it is not what he is good at, and that is the biggest knock on Blake Martinez. So you I, don't fall in love with the numbers and extrapolate from there that, that he has these traits that he doesn't have. We can't just look at athleticism and say, oh, this person can do X, Y, Z. This is what we have to do with Josh Jones. Look at the athleticism. The incredible 
measurables. And he is not a great, especially zone, cover player. So we can't just look at Ty Summers, who is a very, very, very good athlete, and say, oh, well, he should be playing against ahead of Blake Martinez. And that is before we even get into the fact that Blake Martinez is a solid starting linebacker that, for whatever reason, a, a vocal sect of Packers Twitter would, like, run out of town on a rail. I don't understand it at all. There are limitations that Blake Martinez has, and he has admitted to them. He said in the last week that he felt like he was not comfortable with the defense early on, and and even throughout the season, he didn't quite know where he needed to be in run fits, couldn't attack aggressively downhill the way that, that he would have liked, and that's why you saw when he was able to fire his guns, when he was able to see the play and go, that was when he was at his best. He feels like he has a better handle on what's going on, a better handle on what is expected, and that it's going to allow him to play faster downhill. He was actually a very good blitzer last year, but they had to go away from some of those blitz packages. We're going to talk about that a little bit more this week, about those struggles on first down and, and where they go from here on, on everything that they need to get done in terms of changing their pass defense with some new personnel. So, you know, and remember... We're talking about a seventh-round pick. This is not someone that's coming in with with some incredible pedigree who's going to unseat Blake Martinez. If anything, he may battle someone like Oren Burks for early reps. Could he be the Antonio Morrison-type player who is playing on early downs? Maybe, maybe. I doubt it. Look, Oren Burks is going to get every opportunity to win this job. And no one is unseating Blake Martinez, not this year, not, not short of injury. So I, I just I want everyone to have clear expectations about what is happening here and what is coming in and, and the situation because I don't know that everyone, and you know, Packers Twitter can be dark and full of terrors for sure, but I want, I want the expectations here, even if you're not someone who's like, oh, he should be coming in starting over Blake Martinez. I think there's a certain level of excitement to come in around an athletic player from a program that is run by a coach who knows defense and who has pedigree with defense. And that stuff matters. And I think you're going to hear in this conversation that the thing that that you're going to be excited about, about someone like Ty Summers, is the leadership, the competitiveness, and the acceptance of a modified role that this is not a player that's going to come in as a seventh round pick. You know, some seventh round picks can come in and feel like, well, I should have been a fourth round pick. I should have been a third round pick. I should have been higher. And I come in and I'm a BSD from this major program and I deserve to be on the field and I'm not playing special teams and I'm not going to give my all on special teams. That is not going to be a problem with Ty Summers. He was a really a star on his team and a leader on his team. But that doesn't mean that he's going to come to Green Bay and be anything less than the player that competes to help the team however he can. That means special teams. That means scout team. And especially with Josh Jones gone, there is a role for a backup linebacker who can play snaps. I mean, the the odds are over the course of a season, your backups are going to have to play some I mean, injuries are part of NFL life, so you have to be prepared to get those guys some reps. 
I think if you put Ty Summers on the field, you can't expect him to be good enough to unseat a starter. But you can hope, at least, or there is reason to believe he can be good enough to get you through a game or two and not absolutely kill you. That's what, I mean, if if you can play special teams and you can be a competent, capable backup player as a day three pick, you are more than earning your money. All right, he covers TCU Athletics for the Star-Telegram. You can follow him on Twitter, at Drew Davison. It's like Davidson, but without the D. At D-R-E-W-D-A-V-I-S-O-N. Drew, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Thanks for having me, Peter. So one of the things that the Packers have been very good at over the, the last, really, decade plus is finding these players on day three who can help the team in some way, whether it is as a special teams player, as a backup, and they love, love, love athletes. Uh, I I think when you look at the testing numbers for someone like Ty Summers, uh, it's clear why an NFL team would think that, that he can do something for them. But he was much more than just athletic numbers in college can you give me just you know a, a baseline of of your impressions of him when he became on your radar when you were like oh this this kid can play? Yeah, I mean I think you know when you're talking about Ty Summers, the first thing that comes to mind is right off the bat, you know, right when he got to TCU, uh, he put up good numbers, and, and I think a lot of teams his senior season he was you know kind of a disappointing year for him, didn't put up the numbers, battled some injuries. They kind of switched him positions, moved him to, to some defensive end and, and pass rush guy. But, you know, his sophomore, junior year, put up big, big numbers for TCU and, and was really kind of the anchor of the defense, you know, of, of some pretty good teams, especially in 2016, 2017. You know, they, they won double-digit games and, and played well. So, you know, kind of a ball-hawking defensive guy linebacker really thrived in Gary Patterson system uh you know obviously runs to the ball well finishes plays well and always just kind of seems to be around the ball especially when he was at that linebacker position and, and I really think you know he kind of came onto the scene uh I guess his breakout year I would say it was his sophomore year and then he just kind of knew uh you know his, his type of production would translate uh likely to an NFL team uh giving him a shot like the Packers have yeah, so let's say you and I are, you know, we're we're members of Lincoln Riley's staff and we're putting together a game plan for this TCU defense, whether it's, you know, last year or probably probably more like two years ago when he's playing that more natural uh, off-ball linebacker position. What are, what are you saying about what he does well in this defense? Well, I think, you know, the, his biggest trait is kind of utilizing his speed uh, in terms of, you know, he, he takes good angles and, and whatnot. You know, a lot of guys have speed, but maybe they don't play. You know, let's say they're a, a 4-3 guy, but they might play a 4-5. He, he's a 4-5, 4-5-5 guy who, you know, plays that speed maybe even a little faster just because his instincts are pretty good, and he really closes on the ball well. And I, I think that's what teams will see, especially – you know, if you look at him as a possible special teams guy and whatnot, and I think, you know, j- just the energy, the effort he brings every down, I think it'll be very hard for a coaching staff to cut him uh, just because of, of the style he plays. And, 
you know, he's not going to make many mistakes. He, he, you know, I know it's cliche, but you know, he really was kind of the quarterback of TCU's defense when he was in that role, uh, getting everyone lined up and, and kind of reading and, and dissecting the offensive play right off the bat. So, you know, I'm sure it, opposing coaches kind of knew, hey, uh, we we got to make sure we got a body on Ty Summers, or else, you know, he he could shed the block and, and get to our guard pretty quick. Yeah, I want to get to that special teams uh, factor in a little bit, but you know the the like I said, the physical tools, the speed, all that stuff. It seems like being around the ball. I mean, it, there's probably not a trait you want more for a linebacker than someone that just has a nose for where to be and a mind for where to be. So, what do you think held him back? Why do you think it took until late on day three for a team to say, "Hey, we want this guy on our squad"? Well, I, I think. When you look at him, you know, yes, he he ran a pretty good forty, and and but he didn't have uh, a great senior season. You know, like I said he he played you know some defensive end, some pass rush, uh, uh, and of course linebacker, and was battling injuries. He never really looked like himself. Didn't really have the standout year. And I also think, you know, when you're projecting to the next level, you're kind of looking. You know, for the Leighton Vandresh's, the, the taller, the, you know, more lanky, lengthy guys. And not saying Ty Summer's short by any means, but certainly, you know, maybe not your prototypical linebacker. So that's why I think he probably fell a little bit. But, you know, I, I think he kind of knew that, you know, he, he faced an up, uphill battle. And, you know, for as productive as he was in college, the NFL scouts obviously look for different things and different guys. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they, they kind of felt he, he slipped. Uh, you know, there there was reports that he could have, you know, been taken right in that top 100 range. I uh, obviously wasn't fell to the seventh round. But I do think, you know, a lot of teams are kind of looking for needs and, and different things like that in the later rounds and, and maybe not necessarily the best overall player if they kind of like their linebacker corpse and, and whatnot. So I think that's why, why he fell. But, you know, mostly – you know, I think Ty would acknowledge it. You know, his senior season did not go as well uh, as he would have liked because of injuries and position change and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, th- these are you know obviously a lot of complicating factors in in scheme and all of that that kind of stuff. There are players who fall through the cracks every single year. And like I said, Green Bay has been good at finding some of those guys, especially late on day three. I want to talk a little bit about that special teams ability because sometimes a guy comes out of college and they're used to being the captain. They're playing, you know, a hundred snaps a game and (laughs) they're all of a sudden thrust into this role where they're playing 15 snaps a game and they're all on special teams. He strikes me as the kind of guy who's going to relish the opportunity to just go compete and do what is whatever is asked of him. I think the the position change is evidence of that, despite the fact that he was, as you said, the anchor of the defense, and they asked him to change positions. He did it. Am I am I right in in viewing him that way? That is strictly based on sort of his play style and what I saw when I watched him. I just I was like, he looks like he's going to do whatever the coaches ask him to do. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's why I said I think he'll be very hard for a team to cut at the end of training camp or whatnot because he's going to do everything the right way. And you know, he comes from a football family, uh, and this is a kid who you know was a quarterback in high school, uh, had mm-hmm. only 
we what was about to go to Rice. Uh, so that kind of gives you like you know kind of why he was maybe the quarterback of the defense, so to speak, and, and why he's able to dissect and replace maybe better than you know some other guy is uh, you know as a sophomore or junior. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy who obviously was willing, willing to move the linebacker just to play in the big 12. Uh, and he joked, heck, I, I'd even play nose tackle if I meant I was going to play in a power five conference. So he is a football player at heart and, you know, he, for the Packers, he's going to be willing, you know, to kind of do and, and learn whatever they feel is, is best suits his skill set. And, you know, if he's on the field for 15 plays, you know, he'll make sure he makes the most of those 15 plays. Like every player, I'm sure, you know, he'd love to start and be a star one day. But uh, but for now, you know, he's just trying to make the team, trying to get on the field. And, and I don't think he'll, you know, and, and even at TCU, uh, kind of like you said, you know, he was willing to change positions, play defensive end. So I think he he knows that, you know, he, he's got some good versions versatility on tape whether it's playing dn linebacker or special teams he, he can help in a variety of factors but i think you know he screams as a special teamers at least to start his career yeah and it seems like back to our earlier discussion about you know why he fell that that maybe the coverage part of it not as natural in coverage as maybe some teams want despite the speed that he has seems like you know maybe his his best trade on third down is as a blitzer and and getting after the quarterback probably the reason why the coaches moved him to defensive end is that is that something that that you agree with in terms of you know if there's a flaw in in you know his game that it's the it's the coverage part of it yeah definitely and and you know and Gary Patterson's 425 I mean kind of the off-ball linebacker the position he was at was you know kind of the ball hawk you know in terms of you know chasing down running backs and whatnot so I, yeah I, I do agree with you Peter that you know his coverage skills was probably lacking and that might have been also a reason why he slid down but you know I think that's something you know he's tried to work on try to improve but you know he's at his best you know going uh, at the ball you know to the ball carrier, whether that's a running back or a wide receiver or, you know, coming off the edge and on a blitz. So uh, I do think that's a fair statement. And But it's also why I think he'd be, you know, a pretty good special teams guy yeah. right off the bat until that improves just because, you know, he does have good closing speed uh, as long as he knows, you know, where, where the ball is and where it's going. Well, the Packers have, have gotten a lot of production out of Blake Martinez, who is a similar kind of player, also a little bit undersized, a little bit shorter for a, a linebacker, and he excels coming down and, and hitting guys and making plays in the run game, chasing to the sidelines, and just the coverage part of it is just not really in his game. Maybe maybe Summers becomes a low-rent option if they decide not to re-sign Blake Martinez. I think that's something that we have to consider here as well. I, I have to ask about just the guy. I mean, what is the impression of Ty Summers as a leader, as a as a teammate? I mean, it seems like a lot of these guys, if you're drafted in the NFL, you are the best of the best, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the best teammate or you are the best leader on your team. What was he like? You know, was he someone where there were stories about, you know, yeah, this guy is kind of a legend around here because of how hard he works or whatever it is? Yeah, definitely. I, and, you know, I think he's, he's kind of checks all the off field 
uh, boxes just fine. You know, I, I think he's a guy the Packers night not having to worry about you know him getting into trouble or whatnot. You know, he's a pretty uh, a stand-up, clean-cut guy. So you know, he that'll help him, of course. You know, when uh, you know you're trying to make the team. Okay, are we going to have to <laughs> have some sleepless nights over this guy or not? Uh, Ty Summers definitely isn't one of them, and, and it kind of gets shows like we've talked about with the position changes and his willingness to do that. But uh, on the field, you know, he was definitely a leader. He groomed. You know, TCU's got a kind of an up-and-coming linebacker, Garrett Wallow, uh, who could be playing on Sunday. So, you know, he's really kind of helped groom them and, and was definitely a team guy and, you know, was more than willing to help, you know, Garrett and, and some of the guys – you know, who might have been kind of stepping into his linebacker role when they were kind of doing some position changes. So, you know, he, he's a team guy, a team leader. You know, I think everyone on the TC coaching staff would, you know, tell you he's works his tail off and, and in the weight room and on the field uh, and, you know, graduated from TCU. So uh, clearly he checks all the mo- all the boxes as far as, you know, off-field leadership, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I love the way you phrased it, where it, it's going to be tough to cut him. I just think that's – and if you're if you're looking at day three guys, it's hard to it's hard to pay a bigger compliment to a football player in sort of an old school sense, right? Um, you know, the, the, the peak compliment of a football player is that he's a football player, and I think that is the same kind of compliment that, that you're paying Ty. So I, I think it, it sounds like he's going to be the kind of player who pops a little bit in practice, who pops in preseason against – you know, the second and third team guys and who fans really, really take a liking to right away. Drew, I appreciate you taking the time today. Let my audience know where they can find more of the work that you do, because I know we do have some listeners in Texas and and uh, a ton of college football fans as well. Right. I mean, there's always, you know, Texas guys landing on the Packers or vice versa. Of course, Tony Romo, Wisconsin guy ended up down here. But uh, yeah, they can follow me. All the listeners, give me a follow at Drew Davison, D-R-E-W-D-A-V-I-S-O-N. And I write for the Star-Telegram, Fort Worth newspaper. And we're at www.star-telegram.com. Awesome, Drew. I appreciate it. And uh, I will talk to you down the line. All right. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Drew again for joining the show. Go follow him on Twitter at Drew Davison, and uh, there's there's a lot in there. And again, I I, I told you why I thought you would be excited. I, I would expect that those are among the reasons you are excited at this point. And look, there's a lot to like. I, I didn't want the whole first segment to be a buzzkill. I didn't want it to to throw cold water on a player you're excited about. But you know, this is this is an opportunity for him to come in and, and earn a spot on the team, and and he can he can do that. So. Uh, that's that's I think it's someone to keep an eye on in training camp. It's someone to keep an eye on in the preseason. I think he's someone that who, you know, in the second half of these games could come in and make some plays. And certainly, you know, James Crawford is going to be given the opportunity to make this team. He's going to be given the opportunity to, to compete, to be a, a legitimate position player, not just a special teams player. And he made plays in OTAs in minicamp. Ty Summers is going to have to beat him out. And Curtis Bolton is someone, you know, you heard Jason and I talk about him. He's a player that that we really like and has the opportunity to be a coverage player. 
So, you know, there's there's no guarantees Ty Summers makes this team. So he's going to have to go out and earn it. But I do think he's someone that, that you could see making plays in training camp in the exhibition season. So keep an eye on him. We're going to be back tomorrow with a lot more Locked on Packers as we are the whole offseason. Remember, you can subscribe to Locked on Packers on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Play. Get those podcasts streamed right to your phone. Leave a review at those places such that you can go on Facebook and share the shows. We'd really appreciate you spreading the word. And if you came to us today because you no longer have the opportunity to listen to other podcasts because those podcasts are going away, hey, welcome. We're so glad that you pick Locked on Packers. If this is your first time listening to Locked on Packers, we are so glad to have you as a part of Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do it. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.